Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, April 21st, 2023, and this week, a driver fights HR, the need for tips, and Lyft is on a mission. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And of course, from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by the co-founder and lead attorney, Brian Greening. Brian, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Great to be back. Back again. This is a, a jam-packed week with uh, a lot of events going on, so we're going to jump We're going to jump right into this here. A driver has battled with Uber's HR. You guys might have heard about this. The Guardian reported, quote, uh, Alexandru, he's a 39-year-old who came from the UK, uh, from Romania, he received a warning, as most of you guys probably have. Uh, quote, we detected, we detected some fraudulent activity. Therefore, you have to stop. Otherwise, I have to fire you. This is an automated message. Um, he said, this has to be a mistake. I know I haven't done anything. But then two weeks later, he received the exact same message saying, this is your last warning. One more time, you're done. This ended up escalating uh, all the way to um, the Court of Appeal in Amsterdam, where Uber's European headquarters is based. Uh, and the court found that he and other drivers involved in the case, based in the UK, have the right to more information about the way automated decisions were made about them. So, um, Brian, in, uh, good and bad, you know, again, the automated sort of threat of deactivation, but court stepped in and he got back on. Yeah, this was the right result. I think that it's really important that drivers have the ability to in, to obtain information and to appeal. We talk about you know this all the time when it comes to deactivations that really it's a matter of fairness we can't have situations where people lose their jobs and lose their livelihoods without any real know-how as to what happened what they're accused of um you know in this driver's case he didn't even know what was going on so that he could correct whatever behavior he was being accused of um, so I just think it's important that we, you know, we share information, we have a semblance of due process and that when you're going to remove somebody's you know, work from their lives, that they have the opportunity to defend themselves. And if it turns out that they deserve to be deactivated, well, you know, that that I guess is OK, but at least they had the chance to appeal the issue and, and, and fight for their rights. Now, I know the UK has more protections for drivers than we do in the United States. But is there, for drivers out there here in the States listening to this, is there is there something similar where they could fight it as far as, either he went to court and the court said you get the right of information. Is there any way to fight it to get that info? Well, you can always file a lawsuit. But the, the bottom line is in most situations, being an independent contractor means you don't have many employment rights. Uh, you you are agreeing that there's a separation between yourself and the company and that you can be fired for any reason. I, I tell drivers all the time, the way that the contracts are written right now with the companies is that if they could truly fire you because they don't like the color of your shirt. And when when the drivers lack power and the companies have all of it, it leaves the drivers in a really unfortunate situation. Now, there are states and there are uh, certain municipalities that have given rights to drivers. Like in New York, there's uh, there's an appeal process for drivers who get deactivated. And Uber 
by law in New York City is required to uh, listen to an appeal and, and the drivers can put on their case and then a, a neutral party decides whether that driver gets put back on the platform. Um, that obviously is the minority situation and, and we would like to see many more states and even the federal government provide some protections that would be similar. Yeah, I agree. It, it needs to keep growing. It's in the good direction, but absolutely need to keep uh, more states doing that. We're going to head into Tuesday. Drivers have made it very clear they cannot live without tips. And this is from the San Francisco Standard. They reported there was a San Francisco Uber driver. She said her profits are so thin that after paying for gas, she refuses to take passengers over the bridges due to the tolls. Um, she's a single mother uh, to four school-age kids and also says tips are basically essential so she can afford groceries. She said, I think that we're becoming more dependent on tips because of the, of the costs not being covered by Uber. So it helps me get paid out what I should be paid by Uber. She said even as little as $5 goes a long way. And we, we talk about this all the time, but man, it's just it's just not fair. The wages just aren't fair. It's ridiculous. And what I hate to see is that Uber and Lyft are passing the buck to the passenger to pay drivers fairly. We talked about this last week. It's really important that people do tip. There's a service that's being provided. Tipping is the right thing to do. But it also shouldn't be the, the difference between a driver making a living wage and not. That comes from the company. That comes from the the quote unquote employer and the contracts and the pay scales as they're currently written as they're currently written are just not providing enough money for drivers to live on. And as we're seeing with this driver's explanation, the, the bill is being passed to the customer to to pay a tip on top of it. And, and it's just not that type of industry, or at least it shouldn't be. Yeah. And, you know, we, like you said, we talked about last week, talk about this week. I guess probably talk about it next week. It's just, it, it's not going to end well if drivers aren't paid well. You know, it's going to fall apart. Um, we're going to head up to Wednesday. Shocking no one. Drivers are totally dependent, but also totally unhappy with Uber. This is from MarketWatch. Uh, they said, quote, the drivers who contacted MarketWatch, many of whom have been working for Uber for several years uh, and were from several different states, said they were dissatisfied with the company's explanations of deactivations, which were vague, confusing, or both, uh, based, on basic, uh, based on these stories and the company's response, what's clear is that the problem is widespread and ongoing. Um, drivers are constantly being deactivated, even telling MarketWatch they have been deactivated multiple times. Uber's argument is saying they're scrambling to deal with this as there are bad actors uh, Uber also came back and said most of its drivers work part time. However, the drivers who reached out to MarketWatch said they are, quote, desperate to get back to that primary source of income. Um, so basically, no shock to anyone here that drivers are unhappy with Uber completely. It's like an abusive relationship. They, it really is. The, the drivers need Uber and they they're desperate for Uber, but Uber just continually treats them poorly and in a lot of ways abuses them. I mean, I, 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 st I started out speaking in a metaphor, but it, it really is like they, the drivers 
just don't have anywhere else to turn and Uber continually beats them down. Um, so this is a story about deactivations. It's a story about fair play. It's a story about workers not um, having access to the benefits uh, that they need. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about a, a huge issue in rideshare, and it's really just treatment of the, the workforce. And as we talk about time and time again, the treatment is awful, and Uber just doesn't really seem to be doing anything to make it better. Yeah, they just, I think the thing that really is shocking, it's just article after article, week after week, and Uber just does not, like you said, they just literally will not even do the smallest thing to show that they have some sort of respect for the driver. I mean, nothing. I, I don't know of anything that they've done, maybe except that event a couple of years ago you went to that was a disaster. I mean, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. What, are they doing anything to help at all? They make little tweaks here and there, but it's not making any sort of uh, meaningful change to the, to the relationship. And Uber always talks about, and, and Lyft as well, that they say most of the drivers are uh, part-time workers. That is not our experience. No. The calls that we get from drivers are they're full-time workers. They have given their lives to this type of work. Um, they've made investments in this type of work, like buying cars that are more beneficial, bigger, better gas mileage, you name it. Um, so certainly I know there are part-time workers out there. I know there's people who go out and work a couple hours to pay for the kid's soccer practice, and then they go work a, a different job. Um, but that's not the, the typical worker as far as we're seeing. No, I, from personal experience, and again, this is very qualitative, um, in all the years that I have been in a ride share and talked to the driver, out of the 30 rides I take, maybe one of those was someone who told me, oh, yeah, I'm just like, I just got off work and I'm just doing this uh, literally as between my drive home. Or, oh, yeah, I just I work three days a week somewhere else and this is just sort of fun. Everyone else who I've ever talked to, like you said, this is their livelihood. This is their everything. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. Let's. Uh, we're gonna head into. We're gonna head into Thursday here. Uh, I don't want to hold my breath on this, but Lyft's new CEO is focusing on what he says: driver and rider experiences. And this is from Fox Business. They added, "quote uh, The new CEO told Fox Business that uh, getting the rideshare company quote focused on customers, on its drivers and its riders, in a really sort of basic way." And giving them a great experience is a big focus for him. He said, this is his words, that he has been in full-on listening mode on what drivers want the most. Um, he also went in to talk a bit about um, not really getting into the food delivery. He says he understands it's compelling, but he doesn't see that you'd want to get in a car that just dropped off a tuna sandwich. Interesting, but um, I don't know. What do you make of all this, Bryant? I think it's it's good lip service. I'd like to see some action. Uh, this is really where Lyft started. Lyft promised a better experience than Uber. That was the differentiating factor. And for a long time, they were perceived as the good guy. Uh, drivers rated them higher between the two platforms. Passengers liked the friendly experience and oftentimes even paid more for a Lyft ride um, because of the experience that they felt they were getting. And then uh, right around the time of the pandemic, things started to change and Lyft's service, I think, uh, 
it, it got worse and the, there became very little difference between Uber and Lyft. And that's really when we saw Lyft start to struggle. They, they struggled uh, in the market share. They struggled in the markets. Um, so hopefully the you know change in leadership is a good thing for them and they can get back to where they started, back to their roots and create a, a better positive experience for everybody. Yeah, I, I agree. There was such a difference between when I started taking Lyft in 2016 up until the pandemic and now. And, and even in this, the, the mood of the driver, it's, it's, it feels no different than the Uber driver who's just totally been beaten down. And that's just horrible to see. So hopefully... Hopefully this guy, you know, he says full on listening mode. So I guess we'll see real quick. Um, we will, we're going to wrap it up here on Friday. And of course, we got to always bring robots into it. Robots have landed in Virginia. This is from Fox 5. They reported the online food company or online food ordering company announced Thursday that through a partnership with an AI powered robotics company, Cartaken, uh, robots will now be delivering food to select customers in Fairfax County in Virginia. The options will be limited to start, um, Uber says at launch, but eventually the idea is to push it to, what, 40-plus thriving restaurants that you can access, and then I think eventually push it through the whole state. Robots are coming, Brian. <laughs> you know, it's, it's only uh, a matter of time before they take over everything here. Right. Um, you know, I love the idea of rideshare um, and... Um, and uh, robots working together to make a better experience. But I also fear the idea of getting rid of the human element. Um, there are a lot of ways in which I think there's there can be you know a symbiotic relationship between automation and delivery and automation and rideshare. I think that's where we're heading. Um, but there's always got to be that human touch. And, and certainly when we talk about safety, I just don't know that we're there yet. Um, in terms of the technology to have it be fully autonomous. Oh yeah. And it, it's, it's great you bring that up because in the article, I didn't, I didn't mention it here, but they even try to reassure everyone that, Hey, that has collision detection and these robots are um, no, no need to worry. You're not going to, you're not going to hit you and you're not going to hit them with your car. But the first thing I thought of is that I think it was last summer when <laughs> it was another food delivery service and it just got like plowed by a train. You know, it just like went over the tracks. It was just a disaster. Yeah. And we've seen the robots not work already. And like we saw it with Rideshare in Arizona when the woman got hit. And, you know, granted, I think the stakes are a little smaller here when we're talking about robots doing delivery. But it's the technology that they're just putting out onto the streets and the sidewalks and into our communities that I think it's pretty clear it hasn't been mastered yet. Um, and even when it is, I, I think that, again, we, we want to see a human touch to this. It's, I'm not ready to have my, my delivery come in a, you know, a robot form. I get, call me old fashioned. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, yeah, I don't, I kind of, if I see it, I might just want to kick the thing, which I think is what most <laughs> people do anyway. So, well, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you sound like some of the people who attack the scooters, um, <laughs> yeah, the throw them in the lake right it's like put the old guy the video is just pushing them over right there's, there's that well that's that's all i have this week brian i'm going to give you the floor and then we'll head off to the weekend i just want to always remind people that legal rideshare is available um anytime that you need us after an accident or injury um 
Legal Rideshare is uh, here to fight for you. We ensure um, that you, you have representation for lost wages, pain and suffering, get your medical bills paid, um, whatever damages that you sustain, um, we want to be your first call. So you know, please reach out. Uh, consultations are always free. Um, and we're going to make sure to, to fight as hard as we can to, to put that money back in your pocket. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. And as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.